right, everyone. Welcome to the G. Oh wait, hold up. This ain't the GNT show. We're on the West Coast Preps podcast. Yeah, yes, that's right. I'm back on the West Coast Preps podcast here with Chris Jackson. We're gonna go through a bunch of playoff discussions that, quite frankly, me and Chris do not agree on at all. But first off, how you doing, Chris? I'm great. It's playoff season already. Basketball's around the corner. Already practice is starting. Games are almost here. Thanksgiving week is when, I guess, the real season really is. You have the NorCal tip-off at Dublin High. I'm excited for it. It's playoff football. You can't really beat this time of year. Yeah, no, it's a, I'm definitely excited for basketball season. I think it's going to be a ton of fun this year. But we have too much controversy with playoff seedings that we need to go through. So, first off, the NCS, we need to have a conversation about it. We're going to start there. Chris, you had some thoughts. We'll start with Dublin. Them not making the playoffs, even though they beat Livermore High, who is in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that one? I get why in some ways why Dublin did make it, but it, I understand why they hurt because they were 6-4. and four. They beat Livermore. And look at what else they did. They took – their league champion, Foothill, that hasn't lost a league game in three years to overtime on the road. They nearly beat Granada, right? So that's probably the game right there. That Granada game, I would assume, is the one that cost them that spot. That's the way – that's kind of the feeling coming from Dublin. They had a better record than Granada, but Granada's non-league. I guess you look at that too. We'll get into some of their opponents. And all we probably think they should have been in playoffs too, right? Losing to Heritage, losing to Reardon, Cal High, and Lower Valley. A couple of teams that made the playoffs. Dublin, though, still beats Livermore, who was an 8-2 and two team, makes the playoffs. They're 6-8 in D2. You beat Livermore. You take foot of the overtime. And you played – I know you lose to Granada, but you still beat Livermore. You played Foothill better than Granada did. Granada lost by a few scores in that ballgame. You take foot of the overtime on the road. I, I understand the frustration from Dublin. There's probably – when you've got teams like this where resumes may, might look even in a lot of ways, there's not a perfect way to do it. So I do not envy these people that have that chance to make that decision because that that's that's just difficult. You're, you're pretty much tossing a coin with who you got to put in and who you can't put in. But you had to put in Livermore with an 8-2 record. There's no way you can leave out an 8-win team. Now, the Dublin-Granada one's work gets interesting. Granada winning the head-to-head is the one that really looked like the deal-breaker for them to get into those playoffs over Dublin. I'm sure Dublin is the winning record, but Granada, tough resume. Still won multiple league games. Wins the head-to-head is what really ultimately determined that. And head-to-heads should matter. I'm someone that's big on head-to-heads. Other people I know, resume, I like resumes, I like head-to-heads a lot. We're going to get into how that kind of screwed up teams in the CCS, too, where it almost felt like head-to-heads didn't matter, especially in one particular case, which I know there was a lot of kind of talk and all that stuff going on out there. The Dublin one, though, is tough. I I see why they feel like they should have been, but I also see why they weren't put in at the same time. It's That doesn't take away from what they did. Like we had said on our website, westcoastpreps.com, they still, you're six and four. That's not a bad season at all. They played some top teams early, too, right? You watched them in that game against Kimball Tracy. Of course, Kimball has some Division One talents, and Dublin was young at the start of the year. They're like, oh, what's Dublin going to do this year? Well, look what they did. They really got together. That's also from a senior class last year that graduated so many guys like TJ Costello, 
right? That KJ Sweeney, all those guys, you lose that to be a younger team. New leaders got to step up. You still win six games. That's never an easy feat to accomplish. You beat Livermore. You take a couple of other really good teams down to those final possessions. It's still a good season. Dublin still got a lot to celebrate. Maybe this now what you do if you're doing it right is use this motivation going into the offseason. Hey, we feel like we got screwed. We got a chip on our shoulder now. Make that be the thing that I guess starting yesterday, Monday, going into the offseason training and all that stuff, make that the thing that motivates you every day. Have that up on the board when you're lifting weights, conditioning, whatever it is, just whatever it is. Make that be the motivation. Yeah, I Dublin, I feel like here's the issue I have with NCS and the way that they do it. You have Rancho versus Livermore and Campo versus Granada. I don't think either team has a chance to even compete in those games. They're like they might be division two in terms of the population of those schools, but are they division two talent wise? And I'm not saying this to say they're bad teams. Livermore's had a great season. They've had a really good run in the three years that we've covered them now, but they're not at the same level as some of these other division two schools. Like SRV is in a different Evol division for a reason than Granada and Livermore because they're just a better program. There's more talent there at this moment. So that's the issue I have with NCS is they have these preset requisites on who's D1, who's D2 going into the season, and they don't look at it going out of the season the way CCS does. So that's where I give CCS their props on that. Because like Heritage, who I guess is a D1 school, and you kind of mentioned how they throttled Granada. And I mean, absolutely dominate. It wasn't even close. But Granada gets to play extra games. And Heritage has to be like, yeah, well, that's our season. That's it. We're done. Despite having a really good season. That's where it, it doesn't make sense to me how these teams that have had a better season and beat teams that are in the playoffs – now have to sit out and only get their 10 games and don't get the experience of being able to play playoff football. It just, that's the one thing that I have with NCS. I wish they would go into seeding saying like, okay, where, who's the division one team? Who's division two? You know, we talked about James Logan off air so far. Like we love that program. We know all the coaches. I know I'll probably get crap from them for even saying this, but they have no shot against De La South. And I'm sure they would admit that too at some point after the game, but there's no reason they should be a division one, number eight seed against De La South. I mean, there's, there's something that has to give like SRV is probably a division one school with all the talent they have. Same with Camp Lindo. They could probably be in that bracket if you want to put them in the open division one bracket. So that's the one irk I have. Yeah, that's the one thing where the point system works in CCS's favor. It's got its flaws that we'll get into, but that's the one thing that helps, right? It's Division One for CCS. You have Sarah, St. Francis, Los Gatos, Midi, all these other Sacred Art Cathedral, right? I, I know I didn't mention a couple there, Sacred Art Prep, right? I mean, there's so many different ones where it's the talent level isn't that big of a gap. But these other schools, just some programs aren't there yet. They're not as established as other ones. And Heritage is one of those teams – Antioch's probably one, I think, too, that's left off the chopping block because it beat Heritage. This is something where maybe I'd put a Heritage and an Antioch in a D2. Maybe move those Livermores and Granadas to D3. That, I mean, there's no perfect way to do it, but I think Livermore and Granada would beat a good amount of those D3 teams. El Cerrito and Windsor, no, but I think they would be still – they make it past the first-round game in D3, I believe, just with their talent, 
the way that program's going, the amount of kids they got there going through the program. That's where I think it goes well. And Heritage destroyed Granada. You were at that game. I also saw Heritage against Vintage. Vintage deserved a playoff spot anyway. They get the auto bid from their league, no doubt about that. But Heritage put the running clock on them. They played a great ball game, destroyed them. Heritage should be at least in the D2 playoffs. Maybe Heritage gets that five seed in D2 and they play Foothill round one. That's a good matchup, right? I think that's a very, very even, yeah. good first-round matchup. Two good coaching staffs, two tough teams going at it in the first round. I think that's probably better. And maybe Vintage, here's the middle. Vintage gets a 60. They got to play Rancho Gattati. That's tough, right? But I think if there's a way I would do it, maybe it's that or maybe Antioch gets the five. Heritage the six. Vintage the seven because Antioch also, I'm a big guy on head-to-heads thinking about that. So maybe Antioch goes ahead of Heritage. I don't envy these people that make these decisions. I don't want to be the one that makes those. It's probably a lot easier to sit here and be like, this is the right way to do what this isn't. But my biggest problem is there's no uniformity between sections. You see Texas the way they do it. Obviously, there's more money pouring into high school athletics, all that stuff there. It's definitely like a religion in Texas, right? But they do it. It's based on regions, region one, region two, region three, region four. Now, it's preset before the year. Every two years, they reshuffle that thing with enrollment, everything else. But it's... It said, if you finish top four in your district, you make the playoffs. If you don't, you don't make the playoffs. It Now, some districts are better than others, right? Of course, you're going to get some districts that just have probably six teams that could probably win other leagues. But it, it really forces you to win some of these other concepts we have, like the CCF point system. You have a three-win teams in the CCS playoffs. I, you get, yeah, at a certain point, I think yeah. you got to win ball games and get yeah. there. You know, of course, if you play a tough schedule, there's those factors. I want to make sure I factor those in. But there's no uniformity. Every section's got different rules. How are we in one Bay Area region up here? And the CCS has one system and the NCS has another one. Then that makes it all weird when we do NorCal seating, state seatings, all that other stuff. There's no uniformity between us. That's where then it hurts everything else. Nobody's on the same wavelength. You've got some sections starting. Some sections have four-week playoffs, like the Sac Joaquin section, where some Bay Area teams play, too. Other ones play three. The Southern section's got four rounds. They already started playoffs this week, last week. Right. This one's got three. And then also you look at Oakland's got a couple of teams. They they don't really have big playoffs. Oakland Tech could probably at least play in a NorCal game or do something against somebody with their resume. And they beat Tennyson. They beat some good programs. Only Voss was the St. Vincent in the fall. Well, hey, everybody's lost the St. Vincent in the fall this year. So there, there's no uniformity. And that's a big problem i have i know that's something a lot of people have expressed to us you look at other states there's the uniformity it just automatically goes from those regions and then a couple of regions against each other then state right it's just so uniform here it's it's not just preset then once you win sections you got to wait for seating decisions and then they rank it from there it's it's not set you kind of go by conjecture but conjecture only gets you so far Things are not going to go according to what you think and according to that plan usually, especially when you're putting it in the hands of committees. Computers isn't always the best way to do it, but sometimes with humans, there might be biases, right? You're human. Of course, there might be some bias with some individuals. That's just the way it goes. But I, I'm i just going to say, and there's just no uniformity, and that's where it irks me the most. Yeah, and, and like we have these, you know, we're criticizing the way seating is done, and, and it's not to say that, the people that are doing the seeding process is wrong because we look at college football 
and everyone complains about the way they do it. And they're uh, at a whole a different lot of things. There's a lot of things we could say about that, right? Yeah. So it, there's no correct way to ever do this. There's always going to be a set of people that complains, whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach, whether you're just a fan or whether you're a media member, there's always going to be something to say. So let's run through these divisions in the NCS before we move on to NCS. Open, you got Dela versus James Logan, Pittsburgh versus Antioch, Clayton Valley Charter versus uh, California, and then Liberty versus Amador Valley. Who do you got for winning coming out of the open division and then winning division one the way NCF does it? I think it's going to be the same as last year. Dela wins the open, Pitt wins division one, I think is the way it goes. I think Pitt will make it a better game against Dela this year than last year. The way it matches up, Dela Saldo, I still get. When you won 29 straight titles, you just pummel Clayton Valley in Dale South. Kind of looking like you said, what was that Friday night? You said it's just vintage Dale South. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm having them win a 30th straight NCS title and Pittsburgh goes down, which is another interesting concept because maybe Dale South is not this immortal power like it used to be. Other programs have caught up. So may, maybe do they change that eventually and do they change it in NorCal? The, I think this should be a separate discussion you and I will have on another podcast, but the NorCal yeah. playoff, too, let's make that a separate one we do, but there's no open division championship in NorCal anymore either. So then we can't get like a Sarah Holstrom rematch or Sarah St. Mary Stockton, whoever it is. But I think it's De La Salle and Pittsburgh win those divisions. Yeah, I as I said the question, I ninety nine percent of me wanted to pick Pitt to win open, but that I can't do it. I'm gonna stick with Dela. They've burned me three times this year, which is you know obviously never happened, uh, at least in our lifetimes. But I'm gonna stick with Dela. They'll probably win open. Um, their offensive defensive line is just so dominant. Um, and then Pittsburgh will win Division One. I. I don't see anyone really. I don't see Clayton Valley Charter getting there. Um, or anyone else in this division. And then Division Two, we can talk about this as well. Camp Lindo, the number two seed, despite being the reigning champs of the Division Two, despite not losing a single game this year, SRV lost to Camp Lindo last year in the playoffs, and they're the number one seed. I'm not sure how that happens. Yeah, no, it's a weird one. It's one of the very weird decisions that was made. Um and I can't quite understand. Like, I don't understand where Camp Lindo won their league. They didn't lose the game this year. They, I feel like they should be a number one seed. Um, but instead, it's SRV. SRV plays Berkeley, which should be a pretty fun game. Like we mentioned, Foothill versus Vintage. Camp Lindo plays Granada, and Rancho plays Livermore. Those last two games, I mean, we're from Granada. We're from Livermore. They're not even going to be close, unfortunately, um, as deserving as Granada and Livermore are. But... That's your um, your Division Two bracket for NCS. You got Camp Lindo doing it again? I do. Hey, why am I going to bet against Kevin Macy? I think at it, it, this point, if you're betting against Macy, it, <laughs> that's when he's just going to, again, prove you wrong, and he's going to show it to you. Now, of course, before every season, Macy is like, oh, this is our downfall. We don't have the same guys. It's going to be a down year. We're rebuilding. I know he's going to say that next year when Weaver and Comerford and Mascaroni and these guys graduate. But I'm picking Camp Lindo. They should have been the one seed. Now, seeing both in person, I loved Russ all from San Ramon Valley playing McClymans. Like, that's a very high-quality loss because yeah. Mac is Mac, right? I, I mean, Luke Baker threw for 513 yards <clears throat> against McClymans. 
that that says enough right there that SRV has got the guys. They're a great team, but they've lost twice. And Camp Leno's the defending champions. They're ten and zero. They've also got some great road wins. They've won at Windsor, who's the top or a top two seed, I should say, in Division Three. They beat Akalani's, who's a nine and one team, by a few points. It that has to matter, right? That should. If you're ten and zero, you're the defending champion. Bring a lot of those guys back. I don't know how you're not the number one seed. Maybe this is good. I'm just completely – this is not factual. I'm just making a weird thing in my head of maybe Macy went to the NCS and was like, you better make us the two seed. I got to motivate my guys. Put, put the tinfoil hat on. You got conspiracy theories flowing uh, around. Yeah, I, I know that that's 100% false, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's Macy. It's just it, – it's the way they are. But it, now it's Campbell has got a chip on its shoulder. They're an underdog. Last year, they were a four seed, one NCS. This year, what's going to be fun, though, is they'll probably play Rancho Gatati in the semifinals, and that's a game you probably don't want to miss. Yeah, yeah, that, that's going to be a good one. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second and explain why SRV is the number one seed. Their two losses this year are to McClymans and De La Salle. McClymans has been a powerhouse. De La Salle, we know who De La Salle is. They lost to Clayton Valley, not De La Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. They lost the thing. Clay, but I mean, the points either way, good, right? Yeah. Either either way, Clayton Valley is a Division One, always in the finals of that. So those two losses are incredibly good. The McClymans game was incredibly close. You saw that game. The second half, they were, they they were 21 points and came back, and, and it just McClymans scores in the last couple of minutes wins that game. But you took McClymans on the road, tough environment, a fun environment out there, and you almost won that ball game. Yeah, and despite being down big early in that game. So I, I'm not saying SRV is not deserving, but I do enjoy that defending champ. You got to lose. You have to beat me to take my spot. Um, so that one's kind of a coin toss if you're going strictly based off of resume. Um, and then we moved to Division Three. I didn't have any anything wrong with this one, I don't think. No, I'm good with it. I have no problems. I think it all sets up for El Cerrito and Windsor at the end. And El Cerrito, I've seen them live their defense. And they've got a good quarterback, good running backs, good athletes on offense, a good line. I, El Cerrito's my favorite there. Yeah. And just to run through, El Cerrito versus Montgomery, Las Lomas versus Northgate, Windsor versus College Park, and then American Canyon versus Costa Grande. I think you're right. El Cerrito versus Windsor. I'd probably have El Cerrito favored in that game. All right, these next two divisions – is where I go back to I don't like these teams being there. Uh, Marin Catholic is not a Division Four team. They should be higher. And I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think Marin Catholic would agree to. McClymans has said in the past that its own program, Mac itself, has said McClymans should be higher up in Marin Catholic. I know it would feel the same way. They're I mean, Marin Catholic could easily. They're fifth in the Bay Area. Valley and Campo. If They're fifth in the Bay Area football rankings. They're yeah. fifth. In, in computer rankings, everywhere else would say the same thing. You look at their team, that's just – that's a machine with Mozzie running that program. Yeah, but even you go to the number two seed and the number three seed, are those Division four teams? You have Aklani's and Cardinal Newman. I mean, those two teams have had incredible seasons. And they still probably won't even – they're not favored at least against Marin Catholic. I don't know either one has much of a chance against Marin Catholic. So that's where, again – these two teams who have had great seasons have to go up against the number five team in the Bay Area heading into the postseason as a Division Four school. Um, but to run through it, Marin Catholic played Newark Memorial, 
Tennyson versus Del Norte, Aklanis versus Concord, Cardinal Newman versus Petaluma. I think Marin Catholic rolls through there. Yeah, I think it goes to Marin against Aklanis in the championship. I really like the athletes Aklanis has, but Marin Catholic's just a machine every single position. Yeah. They're 10-0. They haven't allowed many points this season at all. They, they've got pieces everywhere. So, And again, Marin Catholic's undefeated, the defending champ. Show me that someone else can beat you. Yeah, and Tennyson, another great season that they've had, that program has had an incredible season. Um, they beat James Logan, though, this year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They beat yeah. them, too, by three scores. They've won league again. They haven't lost a league game since, what was it, 2019? And somehow James Logan plays De La Salle in the Open champ, or the open first round. Doesn't make sense. There, there's a lot of things here. That's one thing I understand sometimes in Roman divisions, but this is one thing where I think the CCS point system does it right. Like we mentioned, or you just, or it's kind of like how they do it for NorCal. I don't think they should do it for NorCal, but maybe NCS you do it. Here's how we kind of slot the teams. This is where it should go. It might take a little bit longer, but maybe it creates, of course, there'll still be controversy. Maybe it just creates less hiccups because it's, for some teams, it's just not fair to play De La Salle. It's, it's not. What does anybody get out of that matchup? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Now, if you shock the world, great. That's unbelievable. But the odds, I don't like that. Yeah. And then we go to Division 5, San Marin. You just saw San Marin versus Marin Catholic. Those two teams aren't that far away from each other. It was still a good game. San Marin is going to be closer to Marin Catholic's level in the coming years with what they've got. I mean, it was it was a close game, and the Marin Catholic just said that they won on one of those, like, vintage kind of Warriors runs in the past, right, where it was just everything goes right. But San Marin's the clear favorite in D5. Yeah, so San Marin versus Alhambra, De Anza versus St. Bernard's, Miramani versus Sonoma Valley, uh, and then Annalee versus San Rafael is your Division 5. Uh, Miramani can put a run, obviously, when you got a UCLA commit. Uh, you yeah. always have a chance, but San Marin should pretty easily walk through there. Division 6 is St. Mary's Berkeley versus Arcata, Pinot Valley versus Fortuna, Murillo Catholic versus Salesian, and then Justin Siena versus Middletown. Uh, it's going to be you... St. Mary's against Murillo Catholic in the championship, and that's a good matchup. That's a really good champ. That's St. Mary's defense against that Murillo Catholic offense with that running back. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh there's going to be a lot of good film and competition on that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That should be a fun game. Um, I will say Justin Siena is a fun number three seed uh, that could break up that one-two matchup there. Uh, but I'd say that one-two matchup, it's kind of a coin toss uh, at this point. I wouldn't say there's a favorite. I'd say it's a pick em at this point. Uh, Division 7, we go back to the quarrel of uh, St. Vincent de Paul. Probably should not be a Division 7 thing. Maybe, maybe you disagree with that one because uh, they're a little closer to to that but i don't know it seems like out of these schools they're gonna easily run through this there's some speculation going forward maybe st vincent's moved up to a d6 which i think could be a good fit especially yeah. just what trent her i didn't that's probably just a credit to what trent herzog and those guys have done out there right they've built such a small school to become now it's looking like an ncs power probably going to go back to back in d7 this year and i think that will Probably won't be able to do D6. And with those programs, I think they could easily compete. St. Patrick's and Hanson will be tough the way it looks like. What I think how it's going to go towards the championship. 
course, that's why you play the games. They're not one on paper. You got to play. We've seen a lot of crazy things, right? You've we've both seen crazy things the last couple of years. I just don't see anybody beating those Mustangs. Yeah, you can never put your trust in seventeen-year-olds to come out and play their best in any sort of thing because you never know what's going to happen um, at, on any given Friday night. But <laughs> the Mustangs will play Hoopa Valley uh, in their first round, and then Willett's first McKinleyville, Clear Lake first Cloverdale, St. Patrick St. Vincent first Kelseyville. That rounds out the uh, NCS playoff predictions and uh, who is in the playoffs. NCS, I mean, like we've said throughout the whole time, there's improvements that can be made, but we're just going to criticize those improvements, even if they do make those improvements. So, yeah, it's, it's like people wanted the BCS gone in college football. The playoff comes now, people are saying, oh, the BCS was better because bowl games meant more. And now we're going to go to what is it, a 12 team, 18, 12 team playoff, 12 whatever team. it is. Yeah. 12 team, yeah. And then that, but then there's going to be controversy there. Yeah. So I know that that's just the way it's going to go. There's always going to be something. I like it when teams have a chance, though. But yeah, they're, it's they're always not. it's a lose lose situation for these people that make the seedings. Um, yeah. But let's move into CCS. Uh, maybe you can explain the point system a little bit. It's confusing to a lot of people. It might it's confusing to me. It might be confusing to you. But maybe you can add some clarification for it. I would I would say I could add clarification with some of these seedings. Don't add clarification to it because if now if you beat a league champion, it earns you an extra point. Wins will earn you some points. Big wins will. League champions, league champion wins will. But how does Sacred Heart Prep get a five seed when it went nine and one, beat Low Scouts? Low Scouts is a league champion, by the way. Don't forget that. Went eight and two. You beat them. They've won nine in a row. Sacred Heart Prep has, and they're the five seed. I we I love Los Gatos' program. I love what they do. They are a great program, but by resume, by distinction, by everything else, Sacred Heart Prep should be a better seed than Los Gatos. Apparently, head-to-head right. meetings do not matter. But before you go too deep into this, because it's a confusing one, let me run through what the Division One seeding is. All right, Los Gatos is going to play Midi on Friday night. You have St. Francis for Sacred Heart Cathedral, and it nice. should be a really good, fun rematch between those two. And then you have Salinas ahead of Sacred Heart Prep. That's going to be in Salinas on Friday night. And then you have Sarah versus Palma um, as that 1-8 game on Saturday. And Palma's a league champion, and their reward is playing Sarah? Okay, well, I don't want to go too far, but if you're Wilcox, it's either Wilcox or it was Palma, right? Yeah. So exactly. that's the eight nine. So either someone has to play Sarah. Yeah. You know, it's so but I get what you're saying. You get rewarded for this incredible season to go get your butt kicked, most likely. I don't want to predict the game before, but and if we're doing lines, it's a double digit line against Sarah. So but let, let's stay on that sacred heart prep. Nine in a row wins. Their one loss came by one point to Sacred Heart Cathedral, who's the seventh seed in that Division One. Los Gatos has two losses, with one of them being to Sacred Heart Prep. Even if you're going based off of a resume, Sacred Heart Prep has one more win. If you're going off of head-to-head, -head, Sacred Heart Prep has a win against Los Gatos. A close win. I'm pretty sure it was a pretty close game. Yes. But a win's a win. 
I, <laughs> I don't have, I defend the CCS system a decent amount. I don't have a defense on this one. I have I, no I, I love so many. I love so many of these first round matchups, but these seedings don't make sense to me. Salinas, here's the reason why Salinas, I'll explain why they get a better seed in Sacred Art Prep. There's a lot of talk about it. There's a story out about it. Salinas, because, you know, the EBL Mountain now, De La Salle gets an auto bid, so other teams go in league titles and stuff. Clayton Valley did lose to De La Salle, but still because Clayton Valley was a league champion who Salinas beat earlier this year, that got him an extra point in the CCS seeding. So some Sacred Art Prep thought it would have a home game. Huh didn't because of that but there's the thing i think it should have been salinas a nine and one salinas team the three seed a nine and one sacred art prep team the four seed then they play five seed low scatos again i if we're just going based on order and the way it is because sacred art prep won the head to head with low scatos i i i just don't see where it, it almost looks like head doesn't matter you won league two low scatos you beat a league champion you've won nine in a row and you're not a better seed. Now, of course, there's talk Sacred Art Cathedral beats Sacred Art Prep, too. So how do you justify that with seedings? WCAL, of course, is just a crapshoot in so many matchups. That's yeah. That could be a whole other topic. But the one I just don't get is how is Los Gatos a better seed than Sacred Art Prep? We've mentioned it. Nine wins in a row for SHP. You beat Los Gatos. You win the head-to-head. You win a league title. And you're a worse seed. I, and you got to go on the road. To yeah, Salinas, to the pit. I, I don't have an explanation on it. Um, I, I have no clue. I mean, the Los Gatos win against Wilcox was great. Um, they both beat MA. Um, yeah, I, I have, I have no, I have no clue as to to how that worked. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there that has an explanation as to how the points worked out, but there's flaws in the point system that they have. But let's run through Division One. Anyone have a chance of beating Sarah? Is it Sarah St. Francis? Can we just already get to there? Or does SHP have a, a run in them as the number five seed? Sarah's winning it. Saint, I think St. Francis gets there. They've got a couple of capable quarterbacks. I think their tight end, Edward Gellis, is going to be an X factor in this postseason, too. They, they had Dylan Golden last year. Gellis is a big target, too. I know they like to run the ball, but they've got a really dynamic pass and attack this year, too. I that Sacred Art Cathedral game is going to be tough, especially with the way R.O. Miller, Jerry Mixon, Jay Murphy, and all those boys are playing. But it, it it's a Sarah St. Francis rematch, and I got yeah. Cathedral hasn't time. been the most consistent team, but they're defending state champs, and they know how to win these big games. When they, they got a great defense, and defense yeah. wins you championships, is the same. Yeah, um, but I'm with you. I I don't think Sarah is uh is losing. Do they get the open? Yes, yes. They, Even if St. Mary's runs the, the table and beats Folsom? Now, I think at that point, if St. Mary's runs the table and beats Folsom, you probably have to compare. Sarah's one against Folsom, the spread. St. Mary's is one against Folsom in the spread there. Because that, that's a pretty even ball game. Now, the winner of that game, you've got to play what would look like to be a modern day. Right. So do you I want the open... Yeah, so you've got 30-plus Division One commits, and I love, love, love what Sarah has in their Patrick Rawls. <clears throat> St. Mary's is great, too, but it's just a different ballgame. It's a different beast down there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's a whole other topic that we can do in the offseason. And uh, bonus, we make the comfiest socks. Prep. Sorry, I was over the schedule, and the Max Preps ads popped up. My apologies, everybody. 
Okay, well, let's move on to Division 2 of the CCS. Thanks a lot, Max Preps. We appreciate your very loud ads. Uh, Every time, dude, that's my rant. I'm not even mad about CD anymore. Every time I open it up, I'll have music on on my computer. All of a sudden, just this blasting ad comes on, <laughs> and my ears just go, yeah. All right, back on track. Wilcox is the one seed. The two seed is St. Ignatius. The three seed. Three seed is Aftos, four seed Menlo Atherton, uh, five seed Bellarmine, six seed Christopher, seven seed Half Moon Bay, eight seed is Lincoln, San Jose. We have a disagreement in this one where you don't like how SI is ahead of Bellarmine despite Bellarmine beating SI. Bellarmine then, after beating SI, loses four in a row. And then beat the Valley Christian team that's had a down season. To they, also had, they also had a lot of injuries. And Saving Nations, though, here's the thing. I see your point on Saving Nations. They finished stronger, one, two out of three. The only loss in that span was to Sarah, right, by two scores. That's not a bad loss. If you lose to Sarah by two scores, you're – I know there's no system as moral victories, but on paper, the resume, that's not bad. You beat Mitty. Mitty, though, injury problems too, but that's still you beat Mitty a top – 12 team in the Bay Area. That's a good Bellarmine one. lost to Mitty. But you've also, yeah, exactly. There's one thing, too. I know. I think I have on the website, too. I, I see that side. But when you've got the same records, the same league mark, and the WCAL where everything, besides the top, for the most part, is pretty much a crapshoot. And you beat them by 20, but you're not. It's the point system. But then the head-to-head doesn't seem like it matters there. They also beat them six weeks ago. If they beat them last week, I'd see your point. As to head-to-head, they just beat them. They're obviously the better team going into the playoffs. That was a month and a half ago, and injuries happen. It's a part of football, and I know that could be a very big reason as to why Bellarmine went on their losing streak, but at the end of the day, the results is what matters. I think that St. Nations had the better end to their season, um, and I think they deserve to be ahead of of where uh, Bellarmine is. Now, do you think St. Ignatius should be the two seed? Do you think that's a good spot, or do you think maybe they're behind an Aptos or an MMO after? Uh, they're definitely not behind an MA. I don't think MA had a very uh, big end to the season. A part, big part of that is Jerry on Dickey being hurt. Um, yeah, if, if your five-star receiver's healthy, you were there when they came yeah. back to Bellarmine and just completely changed the tide of that game. Yeah, I mean, MA is probably a Division One school. Um, in CCS if Jerion is playing, but when you lose the best athlete in the Bay Area right now, um, I think I can pretty easily say that. Um, you know, that changes changes the outlook of your team. So I wouldn't even been mad if, despite a week one loss, if Bellarmine jumped ahead of Menlo Atherton. Um, you know, I know you love the head-to-head, but I don't think Jerion's playing again this year. At least I have not heard that he is. Um, from what I know, I don't think he is playing, but who knows? Um, he's usually pretty tight to the vest with his, with that sort of stuff. So, um, no, I, I don't know. Cause I haven't seen Aptos. I would have to go through their schedule. I have no issue with, with the WCAL team being the two seed by Wilcox. Again, it's one of those things where that may be those decision makers. Of course, it's the point system, but Aptos won eight and two. Let's just go through their resume. Aptos eight and two. That three-point loss to Palma, but they beat Salinas by three. They only lost to Camplina by one score. They beat Oakdale. They've got some big ones on the resume. That's that's an eight and two team. Yeah. No, I mean that's 
Salinas is a, Salinas and Palmer are D1 teams to beat a D1 team. The way I'm looking at it, maybe I'll put Aptos as a two. I'm yeah, like yes, I being ahead of Bellarmine, I, I don't agree with, but I could see this other side as to why. I think I would almost flip flop those two and three seeds. Yeah, I think if there is a perfect way, it'd be Wilcox one, Aptos two, SI three, Bellarmine four, MA five. If I had to to flip everything. Um you know, which wouldn't change the matchups all that much. It just change where you're playing. Um, the only one that would change is Aptos plays Half Moon Bay, SI plays Christopher. I think both of the teams win anyways. So um, I'm not sure it's going to change anything all that much anyways because we'll still have the 2-3 seed matchup and the 4-5 seed matchup. Anyone beat Wilcox in this? I don't think so. I think teams could give them a run, though. That championship game, whoever makes it, like if it's San Ignatius makes it, then Aptos makes it. And even a Wilcox semifinals game, if they got to play Bellarmine's an intriguing matchup just at some spots, especially Bellarmine's defensive guys with the guys who got in the front seven and they're starting to get healthier, which is something I know their coaching staff has really been looking forward to guys getting healthy. It's just a part of the game. And stars have to align for everything to go right. Right. But they, they didn't injuries happen, but I think that could be an intriguing matchup. You still got to get past MA in the first round. I think Bellarmine this time around wins it and you got to play Wilcox. And that would be, that's a really intriguing semifinals matchup to me. And the and MA against Wilcox could be a semis too. And that was a one point game when those two faced in the regular season. That Wilcox. Okay. Yeah, with, with Jerry on too, that's a good point you bring up. I I still think that's kind of intriguing, but a Bellarmine Wilcox one intrigues me more. And I think there could be a lot more different scenarios that play out there. I still yeah. have Wilcox right now, but I, I think that would be a tight game. Yeah, I think this is one of the more intriguing divisions. And I that's why we're gonna get back into it. That's why I like CCS. There's no clear favorite in any one of these divisions, you know, even the Sarah St. Francis game can go either way in that one. So um but i agree i think wilcox should be be the favorite uh there's a lot of teams in there that could be competitive for that game if you're wilcox we'll have this debate are you happy you're number one in division two and or are you sad that you didn't get division one to go play sarah i think you want to be d2 at this point you didn't win a league title you don't have a banner let's go fight for something else let's let's have a better shot to fight <clears> for something else. sarah's a different beast compared to everybody else right now, right? Los Gatos is a three seed. Maybe things work out, stars aligning. Los Gatos makes a run. But Wilcox, if I'm them, I'm happy I'm a one seed in D2. Because last year, right, they made a run to the state championship game. They had a great run there in the postseason. It was a close game at state down in L.A. And it was a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. No. I think that they should be pretty happy with the seedings right now. I'd agree. I think uh, that Division two, um is definitely a better place to be if you're looking at how do we get to a state championship. Division three, let's move on. You got number one, SoCal playing number eight, Terra Nova. Uh, Live Oak then plays Soldad. Number three, Menlo plays Kings Academy. That's a rematch of an earlier game. And then Berlin game versus Hollister in the four five. Is there anything in this one? The Berlin game Hollister matchups is a really good four five matchup. I like that. I, I'm very intrigued by a Live Oak Menlo semis. That would be a really fun matchup. You, you've seen Live Oak, the running back, what they've got, Menlo's athletes. Court Halsey is a freaking stud. 
Yeah. By the way, I, I can see why he's going to go play at North Carolina. They've got some guys. They got a good, really good defensive line unit too. Alex Abal, Avery Romain, Ross and Raphael. I, that would be a matchup that I would really look forward to as well. And with that D three, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Fuentes on my vote is a beast. Um, I hope he he continues playing somewhere in college because he definitely deserves the opportunity. Is SoCal the the easy favorite in this one? Easy favorite, hard to say easy, but I think they won it, yes. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, that should be a fun division to follow. Division four, another fun one. Sequoia won. They're going to play Overfelt Friday night, and then you have the number two seed, Mountain View, playing Homestead, the number seven seed. Number three seed, Branham, who's had a great season versus San Mateo, and then Santa Teresa, who's had also a great season, will play St. Francis um, I believe that is the Santa Cruz St. Francis. Um, and they'll play at Santa Teresa Friday night. This one's going to be a fun one. I think uh, Sequoia is the one seed, but there's a lot of teams in here that have just been easily, not easily winning games, but they found a way to win games when they need to. Uh, Santa Teresa, possibly in that second round, could be a fun one. I watched them a couple times, and they're a gritty team. They might not have the most talent, but they'll find a way to win games because they just work hard. Yeah, I like I like that bracket. Now, Mountain View being a 3-1 team, being a 2C over a 9-1 Branham team, it's the point system again. I think Branham's a team that makes a run, though. It makes it to the championship game. I, I like the way those matchups set up for them. It, it's hard to stop a quarterback that can throw and run like William Augustine. He's got some. He's got Jason Armour there, too. Elias Hansion, we saw him. Thursday to beat Pioneer. He really he's healthy, broke through in that game in a big way. And it's a lot of different ways you can use Mateo Poso out there. Fullback, running back, tight ends, linebacker, defensive line. There's so many different ways that he's going to impact that game. And I I I know Steven Johnson wants this one. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's talk about a three-win team making it to the playoffs, though. Because last year was Sacred Heart Cathedral, who, who was three and seven, but they got that big Bellerman win. That essentially got them into the playoffs last year. We can talk about if it's right, but Sacred Heart Cathedral then goes on a run and wins a state championship. So could Mountain View do the same thing? Is it right that they're even in the playoffs? What What's your thoughts on, on that? Because last year, a team that won three games won a championship. This is where it's tough because you've, you've won three games, right? Now you look, you've lost to... Palo Alto, you've lost, you've lost to Los Gatos, you've lost to Homestead. And here's the thing, too. You lost to Homestead on the schedule by 14 points, but Homestead's the seven seed and you're the two seed, and Homestead's got more wins than you. That's where it's interesting. To... Now, Mountain View's played some great teams on the schedule. It's it's pretty obvious. They played Sacred Heart Prep, Midi, Wilcox, those scouts, all these different teams. And again, if I'm making these seedings, I'm not having Homestead being a, a lower seed than Mountain View. Yeah, that, that's where I think there has to be a mix of, okay, the point system gives us our divisions, and then we take into consideration what the points looks like, and then we have to go by resume. You know, I, I think there needs to be a mix. That'd be the best of both worlds if I was running a section. That's probably where I'd lean towards because you need some sort of computer generated just to get to where 
you have what teams are in the playoffs, and then you make a decision from there. Um, so you got Brandon winning Division Four or making a run. I think they go to the championship. I think they ultimately end up as the runner up. But that I think that'll be a game that kind of comes down to the end there too. It, it's it they've got that quarterback like I mentioned, a guy like Mateo Pelzer that you can use so many different ways. You've got some good D linemen. Got a good front seven on defense. I I I like those matchups for him. Yeah. All right. Last division, and then we'll wrap this one up. Division five of CCS. Number one, Westmont will play Willow Glen. Number eight. Number two, Palo Alto will play number seven, Stevenson. Number three, Seaside will play number six, Woodside. Number four, Pioneer will play number five, Monterey. How do you see this one shaking? I'm surprised to see Willow Glen as an eight seed down there because that's a pretty good team. Yeah, they got the worst amount of points, I guess, for the CCS playoffs. Here's another thing, too. Should Palo Alto have been in D4 over Mountain View when Palo Alto's a two seed in D5 in how about to beat Mountain View earlier this year? That there's a lot of there's a lot of tricky situations. I'll preface this by saying, if there was a perfect way to do it, then everybody would do it on Earth. But there's no perfect way to do it. I know other states people kind of complain, and there's different controversies about that. Westmont though, they've got a good senior class there. I like the leadership, coaching staff. I like the athletes. I got Jacob Lane, Harris Cadage. There's Zach Cepeda is a solid quarterback too. I, who I like. I I don't see anybody beating Westmont in that division this year. Pioneer is an intriguing four seed. That that's a good one. Willow Glen's a solid eight seed too. I think that's a pretty cool first round matchup between Westmont and Willow Glen. But I, I see Westmont going all the way. Yeah, I I would have loved to see Willow Glen at least a six or seven seed, give him a little better chance to get to a semifinal. Um, than having to go up against a one seed. But um, that should be a pretty fun 1-8 matchup. I think out of all the 1-8 matchups, that might be one of the best ones that CCS has put out. So um, that should be fun. But I don't see Pioneers interesting. Um, Palo Alto can maybe make a run there. I agree with you. Why are they below Mountain View when they beat them head-to-head? That's where, like, the head-to-head – and then you look at the resume too, like some of it just doesn't totally make sense. Yeah, like like I like analytics in some ways, right? I know coaches use some sports, but you can't be too analytics with this stuff. You've got to go based on that resume and you've got to go based on head-to-heads. It can't, uh, I like a good balance. I think you said it perfectly, a good balance of computer and resume and head-to-head and all that stuff. And we're just, I don't think we have that in the NCS and we don't have that in CCS. They're kind of doing different. They're going kind of going polar opposites in some ways there. I would, some middle ground would be nice. Like I said, if there's a perfect way, then everybody would do it. Yep. Without a doubt. Well, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? I just can't wait. (laughs) I am chomping at the bit for these playoffs is all I can say. Last year's was fun. There was, you were at that Los Gatos Bellarmine game last year. That was a first round game where that crazy ended. Do we have another couple of crazy finishes the first round of the playoffs this week let's i guess we'll find out yeah i guess we'll find out it should be a good one there's still a month left of football i think what is it five weeks left of football so the countdown to the final games is upon us but that will do it for the west coast preps podcast with me gregory morland tune and chris jackson that will do it thank you <laughs>